0: since this ministry has become a part of what the Lord has given to us. And that's the only way this could have happened. It's the turtle on the fence post kind of thing, you know. God put, put us there. And so I have been through the scriptures and everywhere I look, spiritual renewal is an essential principle of Christian life. At every stage of life. Not just when you're young and you're trying to grow, There are specifics then that, uh, you know, we target about what we need and so forth. But as we mature in the Lord, spiritual renewal may be even more important in those days to avoid apathy and so on. And so I find this principle throughout the scriptures in various details. And uh, recently, the book of Lamentations, (laughs) I just said, Lord, if this is not a picture of a church in need, Here's a city that has fallen. You're aware of the context. Lamentations was Jeremiah's weeping (coughs) over the fall of Jerusalem. They knew it was coming. They told for a long time, this is going to happen. Here are the symptoms. And then it did. And then Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12, Jeremiah said, Is it nothing to you, all ye that pass by? And then he goes on and describes his own sorrow. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, from my perspective, uh, I cannot tell you how heartbreaking it is to see churches dying all around us. Uh, I'm going to talk about where we are now and where we're headed with some of this, I think. But the point is, it ought to be troubling to us, deeply troubling to us, about the spiritual health of our churches. Now the truth is with all of us, regardless of if if we have spiritual healthy churches or not, it ought to be a constant theme that burdens us as pastors, lead pastors, especially. Where is my church? What are we doing? Where are we going? I'm gonna talk about that just in a a little bit more. So this is what I want to address now from different perspectives about this, okay? And so uh, here are some encouraging stats, if you will. First of all, we have nearly 120 Rekindle coaches that have been through this process. We followed up with a number of that, need to do that again. We developed a coaches Facebook page uh, to try to continue that, staying in touch with these coaches. We have about 40 churches right now in our movement that are engaged at some level of rekindle, refresh. And by the way, Refresh and Rekindle are simply two of the same types of things, but different focuses. Uh, is that proper English? Is it Focus I or Focus Says? Whichever. But right now we have about 40 churches that are involved in this at different levels. But now there's also other aspects of that I'll get to in a minute. I've been through student orientation about revitalization with two of our colleges, with a student-adapted seminar with them. The reason for that is because those young preachers more than likely are going to step into a ministry that needs revitalization. They need to be aware, don't they? Uh, I want to give young preachers every advantage I can in order to help them be spiritually successful in their ministry. Did that with Southeastern and so forth and through the years. I want to try to do my best to provide that for them. And so that's what I did. And I did that last year. And uh, I think from what everybody said, that just went really well. And some of those young men have told me since, thank you for helping us be aware of that. And so I'm very glad for that, but I've done that. Now, let me do this. Uh, I'm going to set this stage like the sandwich approach. You know, in the middle, you've got a problem in a sense, but then you address it Positive, negative, positive. Y'all remember that philosophy? Well, I'm going to put the problem first here. <laughs> okay, Our circumstances, just a little different presentation of this. Now, let me also tell you where I'm coming from with this. Uh, about three years ago, two churches in our community, not far from us, 25 miles from us, I was, my wife and I were ministering one of those churches that had split from a, another church five miles up the road about 40 years ago. They were both dying, Uh, 12, 15 folks on a good Sunday, 20, and uh, things like that. And so circumstances, we got together. They called me and said, can we talk about putting these churches back together? And uh, it's a hand of God to do that. We worked through all of that. The churches merged about three years ago, and they said, we'll do this if you'll be our pastor." So my wife and I have been ministering with that church now. Uh, First year did great. Second year was COVID. Set us back. Third year we started getting traction again. And so we're just doing really good, really good. And so the context from which I am speaking is not just at a distance. You know, sometimes hmm, people who talk about things have never been through it. Sort of like politicians, I'm sorry. (laughs) Never had a job and then trying to tell us, anyway, forgive me. Well, the point is, the people I want to hear are people who do this, who work through it, who bear the burden, who uh, understand Pastors and what they're dealing with and their wives and what they're dealing with and that's why the number one strategy of rekindle has always been pastor wife you don't separate them and I will not go talk to a church unless the wife promises to be a part of that as well because we're just not going to get anywhere if that wife is discouraged and so you understand that. So let me give you a couple of worst case scenarios that I think are important. First of all, we can turn a deaf ear, a blind eye to declining churches and hurting pastors and their wives. We can do that. And I am persuaded and have prayed a prayer of repentance I don't know how many times that in our movement we have sinned against the Lord by doing this very thing. For years we have done this. And so I just think the Lord needs to forgive us for turning blind eyes and deaf ears like those guys that walked by that guy in the ditch in the parable of the Good Samaritan. And I just think we've got to do better. And that's the whole point with this. And so uh, we can do that. We can take no initiatives to partner with those in need. Uh, no initiatives. No initiatives. Uh, also, we can have pastors simply being content with the status of a declining church. Now may I say, I think this is the elephant in the room right now, has been for a while is the appeal for to pastors. Here's a church that you know you can just wait it out and, at some point, maybe have the funeral of that church. You can't, I, just, I can't tell you how many times I've seen that, especially in the last five years. Please, let us not be content. Let's do something about that. And I believe just as in the Valley of the Dead Bones, y'all remember that picture? Can these bones live? Well, sure they can. God can do anything, can't he and so I think we have got to marry our, the principles of what God can do with our own personal commitment of using us to do that in these circumstances. And so uh, I just am appealing to us not to be content and to allow that to happen. We can allow pastors or pastors and their wives can continue to struggle in discouragement. That also impacts their families in my own personal unofficial survey of pastor's kids, and I have for years had a, a just a deep interest in pastor's children. I think that most pastor's children that I have seen who are drifting spiritually probably came from a discouraged pastor and his wife. And the ministry itself became... Something to stay away from and in lots of cases even churches now. That's a big issue and I'm don't want to go down that path But you understand what I'm saying that this is a worst-case scenario So I'm saying for the future. I think we really need to pray and think about that. Let me check my watch, okay Then also this is ultimately a great concern pastors leaving ministry last five or six years I've just talked to a number of these And I'm not talking about shifting ministries. I'm talking about leaving the ministry. And sometimes it is, there needs to be a break, I understand that, and so forth, but I'm talking about just giving up on it, quitting. Are you aware that only one out of 10 who are called to preach ever finish that ministry? Statistically, 90%. And this is across the board. I didn't just think this up. (laughs) 90% means that they're not going to be finished. They're not going to finish the ministry. Now, for whatever it takes, and I'm so thankful God has helped us to be now over 50 years in ministry. Thankful for that. And that is what we intend to do by the grace of God, is to finish strong as best as we can. So that's the worst case scenario. Now, let me give you a better (laughs) case scenario that I think is far more challenging to us. And I think this, and that is that revitalization needs to become a part of our ministry DNA. It needs to be an essential of what we do. In my opinion right now, it's what we kinda talk about, but it's way down the list of what we're actually doing. I think it needs to become an essential. First, uh, second, third missionary journey, Uh, check the references as you need to also, uh, First Timothy, Titus, and so forth, one of the key things the Apostle Paul did was he went back to those churches. You remember? Set these churches in order. Established leadership in these churches. I was asked recently, uh, would you define a church for us? Well, you know, I have a technical definition, body of baptized believers, local, ed- and so forth. I do not believe you can have a church per se and a New Testament definition of it unless you have ordained leadership. I think you've got to have a pastor and you've got to have deacons. And that implies a lot of things, I think. And so uh, I think 1 Timothy 3 and so forth gives us that. But the point is revitalization is a big deal and it needs to be a part of what we discuss as an essential and a part of what is a, everything we're focusing on. I think also, better case scenarios, partnering with needy churches needs to become intentional on every associational level. Um, I spoke in Florida recently about this. This should be developed a little further uh, as we go along, but I think every association needs to look at its churches and say, How can we help? Association of which we are a member in Tennessee we have six churches that have don't have pastors. Six and we've only got like 12 in the association. I think a couple of them recently may have gotten uh, men but I've just heard that roundabout I don't know that for sure. The point is I had been saying to this association every time we have a quarterly meeting that's what we say in Tennessee quarterly There's a quarterly. There's supposed to be another syllable in that. But (laughs) every time I try to say we have churches that ought to burden our hearts that are not here. And so the point is, this has got to be a part of what we talk about, what we intentionally discuss. And it just isn't. I mean, we've got we're more interested in what's for supper, chicken or barbecue. So and uh, I like all of those, (laughs) but there needs to be more on that menu though, right, if you understand what I'm saying. I think also pastors and their wives, I really think we need to be focusing on their refreshment with renewed ministry purpose. Can I tell you how many my wife and I talk with the pastor's wives who just weepingly say, I just don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, There's a lot more in confidence that we have with them than we talk about in public. And you all do understand that, right? When folks share their hearts with you, you just don't divulge that. And so we just keep that confidentially. We have a pretty good list of folks come to our house and just pour out their hearts to us. And by the way, if you wanna come to our house, we're at the end of the road in the woods of Tennessee. (laughs) If you wanna come and spend some time with us, please come let us know cuz we may not be there but uh, <laughs> let us know you're coming and we'll be glad to host you and we'll have some fun and talk about things and pray together and so forth but uh, we've just our our dining room table is stained with tears and that's what we want it to be and so folks come in with tears we want them to leave with smiles and so uh, that whole point and i do think for us pastors we have got to expand our, our ministries to fellow pastors to try to help every way that we possibly can with that, however the Lord leads us. But anyway, this is a huge, important issue. I think also churches, here's a, here's a developing issue. I'm not sure how far i will get, I have 10 of these. I'm not sure how far I'm going to get with this. Churches have a, need to have a regular assessment of their ministry health. Now, may I, park on that just a minute. Um, The initial scenario that I was given, or I accepted, I developed to work with, with Rekindle, was a church that's just really in bad shape, and they're struggling, 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 and uh, that was that focus, sometimes a few other scenarios, but that was the focus. Well, i found out that it is better for a church and i'll talk about this in a minute too but a better for a church to do an assessment of where it is to avoid issues rather than have to fix something what's that old statement fix it before it breaks you know you better fix it well truth is in ministry uh, folks in ministry long enough know Boy, you better watch out for this. Here's a sign. Here's a symptom. And uh, folks in ministry, experience in ministry, can say to younger pastors especially, need to be aware of this. Uh, this is especially when older pastors, let me use the term experienced pastor are invited to come and preach and a younger pastor says from his heart, tell me what you think. And then you risk telling them what you think. <laughs> Uh, And you say from your heart, preacher, I think you need to look at this. You need to look at this. Truth is, we used to have men who were my mentors come and preach. I'm glad the Lord gave us an honest heart. And I would say, tell me what you think. Uh, Joe Gore, y'all remember Brother Gore from Mississippi? One of my mentors, Brother Gore was so good to say to me, you need to watch this, look at this, think about this. And he knew us well enough to say to me, what are you doing? Uh, would you pray about this right now? At uh, some point, please, I've got three situations, three church situations, and one of them is a circumstance I need to be very honest with that pastor. He's a good friend, and that just creates a double pressure, doesn't it? May I say, and you know this in your ministry, that sometimes to be, to be kind is always required. But also to be truthful is a risk, right? And I have lost some friendships as a pastor because I have tried to do both of those, but it wasn't received the way I wanted it. It may be my fault as much, but I thought I'd prayed about that enough, you know. <laughs> but uh, the point is, churches need to have regular assessments. And one of the things with our ministry assessment that i have that i think is just the best out there i've looked at all that i can get my hands on i think ours is succinct and so forth and naturally i would think that but i think it is easily adapted to wherever a church is whether it is struggling to survive or trying to figure out where to go that assessment I think we need a Gideon's army of 300. From the beginning, I've been asking for 300 pastors and wives to pray about spiritual renewal, spiritual revival. And so I just really think this is essential. We have a bunch listed. You don't have to sign the list to pray about it, though, right? Uh, You can be a part of praying for God to help you where you are. And that is essential with all of that. All right, now here's some of the developments. I have 10 of these that I want to address as long as my time will allow, and then I really would like to take a question or two if you have them, okay? Now, I was tasked, let me give you a little more context. I was tasked with developing the revitalization ministry for the executive department from the beginning with under Keith Burden. I love Keith Burden. Appreciate him so much. He had a heart for churches. Uh, I did uh, a, a good bit of of uh, going to seminars. Y'all remember Dr. Reeder got killed recently, went to a number of his, got to know him pretty well in his group and some others. Uh, Joe Weatherford uh, was a good friend, still is a good friend. And so out of that came our rekindled ministry, adapted to us. And there's a lot of reasons for that and so forth as to the way ours is versus others. Okay, so I'm understanding that. Well, since then, there are developments, hence the title. What's the future? Well, here's what's coming, up, coming about, okay? And here's the things that I think are essential with this. First of all, adoption and implementation. Pardon me. Adoption and implementation. I'm supposed to know how to say those words. <laughs> Principles of revitalization by pastors. This has become one of. The regular things I hear is that pastors who have pretty good churches get the materials, look at them. Many of our coaches are doing this with their, with their churches. These principles and putting them to practice right there. Now technically, that is a revitalization effort, isn't it? Technically. And frankly, that's what I think we need more than anything else. Prevention more so than cure. As pastors say, hey, this strategy, this strategy of prayer, community outreach, uh, stewardship. So get those principles and put them into practice where they are. This is a common thing. One pastor out west, I don't know, about a half dozen pastors out west now that I think about it, said to me, called me different times and said, we, we, we're doing pretty good, but when we got this material, it just was really challenging. It isn't my material, it's simply biblical principles is what it is, put into this order. That's all that is. And by the way, God does that, doesn't He? And that's what we want Him to do. And so the adoption and implementation of principles by pastors, who automatically, not automatically, but intentionally, say this is what we need to do where we are. Secondly, an assessment of plateaued churches. Uh, statistically, 80-85% of churches cross the board. Bible-believing churches, not liberals. I'm not interested in the liberal group in the sense of worried about them. Bible-believing churches, 80-80 percent, are in, are plateaued and or declining. Of those, half of those are going to close in five years. One of our pastors here this week said to me, "I was just in a conference where three of the five churches in that particular conference are just about to die." I can't tell you how many times I've been in that same scenario in the last six years or so. Well, got to determine where you are, have to essentially, you have to be intentional about that. So an assessment of plateaued churches to determine what they need to do, assessment, what do you think? Uh, brethren, and uh, as East Tennessee folks say, cisterns, brethren and <laughs> Let us be open to what God wants to do and a Titus coming into our lives and helping us, right? I need a Titus, I need more than one, in my life. Thirdly, church is then taking initial steps toward revitalization. Uh, Let me go ahead and plug this right here. There's a place I want to plug it, but I want to plug it especially right here Uh, since i mentioned the Titus Principle. Uh, I'm glad for uh, the step of faith that uh, Terry and Kerry Hines have taken about revitalization. And uh, that's a big deal. That's in his heart. Their heart's about that. They came and we we shared together at our house. And they're coming back, and they're just going to spend about six months with us. I hope they bring some money this time. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding, Terry. (laughs) <laughs> no, the uh, we just had a great time, and it is in our hearts for them, for God to just anoint them in leadership about all of that. But the point is, you got to take some initial steps. You need to know we need to be much more user friendly with the Hope Initiative and know your community. Those are great initial steps. Here's what happens. I would say half the time when I am, when I go talk with a church and so forth and I meet with their leadership and they say, this is a big deal. Yes, it is, (laughs) you know. And if it isn't a big deal, it needs to become a big deal. There's too much at stake here. But lots of laymen have a hard time biting off that much, okay? Don't bite off eight months then of commitment just have an assessment. Just look at it. Take some initial steps. And my recommendation is, okay, know your community then. Okay, then do a hope initiative. Then do three for 30. Take some initial steps. Do something. Because if you don't, it's just going to be tough future for you. Take some initial steps. Number four I really want to appeal to our state leaders, most office, so forth, to become an assent that revitalization is an essential part of what they do. Uh, my good friend, Stan Bunch, I love Stan Bunch. Wasn't that a great message last night? I just can't tell you how challenging that was, Brother Gene's message. I love coming to the convention and hearing good preaching. Man, I love that. We need preaching now more. Biblical preaching, I ought to say. But the point is that, uh, great message, Uh, Brother Stan and I have talked and talked and talked about this, about revitalization now for a good while. And his statement to me is, you've gotta talk about it too much in order for folks just to hear you. You gotta talk about it all the time. It's gotta be something you discuss every time. It's kind of like telling your wife that you love her. I recommend you do that at least once a day. Uh, You know, my wife says, I just love to hear that. I really love to tell her. I really do. And because I really mean it with all of my heart. But you really got to do it in ministry. You've got to talk about it. And at our state meetings, associational meetings, this needs to be on the program every time, I think. Until we can get at least a good start with this. Do better than what we're doing. That makes sense to you all? You've got to talk about it too much. Now, one of the things I've noticed in the development of Rekindle and the training of the coaches... It took about four years to start getting traction with that before folks kind of said, okay. Again, I think we're coming out of, a, uh, of an apathetic period about this. Uh, well, it's starting to get traction in the sense of our churches need help, assistance. Whether you do rekindle or not, we need to talk about partnering with our churches to do some kind of help with them on every level of our organization. And by the way, may I say that I like our structure. I really do. I like the accountability of it. I like the independence of it, yes, but I like the accountability of it as well. And it's all voluntary, but at the same time, this type of a structure gives us order to be able to do what we ought to do. But all of that depends on what the agenda is in the hearts of the leaders, right? Well, I am appealing to us that church revitalization be in the hearts of all of our leaders and that we talk about it every single time in some form or another. And it is so multidimensional. You can can sing different tunes to that same song every time and it not get old. After all, it runs Genesis to Revelation about church renewal, about spiritual renewal on whatever level. Let me look, okay. Number five, here's those tools I'm suggesting that we really use. Uh, I'm so glad Dr. Moody has this wonderful heart for our, our, our churches, our ministry, and we have just worked so well in putting all this together. And then the Hope Initiative, No Community, some other things. These are wonderful tools that can set the stage for even deeper revitalization, I think, that needs to be done. And so there's it's an essential thing. All right, let me quickly. Number six I think churches can partner with Rekindle and a coach. Of course I'm going to say this. Uh, I think we've seen a number of churches, including my own church, that's one of the strategies is merging with this. In other words, I'm not just saying this is what somebody ought to do. I'm saying here's a practice of this. And so churches can partner with us about a coach for a time Determined, Mark. Yeah, Brother Dwyer. We also had the two churches in Ohio right after your church a church that I had connection with both, and they split in 1981 when I was at Bible College. And 40 years later, those two churches came back together. Praise God, Amen. And they're doing Amen. very well. I know. I think Michigan did that, if I'm not mistaken. And I know Oklahoma, and their churches in North. <laughs> By the way, um, Lord help me to say this right. Some of the churches decide not to do it. They talk, 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 and then don't do it. Frankly, I think that is a issue of spiritual maturity as well as some other things. But the point is, merging is a... Thank you for that testimony, brother. And so partner with us about that. There are multi-strategies with this. Uh, This is merging right here. I got a call a couple of weeks ago from... Uh, A young pastor in another part of the world, that's all I'm going to say, okay? (laughs) He said, uh, can you talk to me about churches merging? I'm in a situation, community where... I said, yes, please call me. I have materials I want to recommend to you, and then I'll share with you what I know. I'll be glad to come and talk with you about it, you know, and, and so forth. But he hasn't called me back. There's all kinds of reasons why you wouldn't get a call back, you know? I hope it isn't because all of that fell apart. But this needs to become one of our big strategies in our day. I just cannot tell you how important I think this is. In any given community, you have two struggling churches that would do a lot better if they would be big enough, spiritual enough to come together. Now, May I say this? In our situation, two weak churches both of which have a very limited future. Two weak churches coming together does not make a strong church or a healthy church, but it does give you a better opportunity. Big difference. The opportunities then depend on the leadership of how You're going to lead those churches into spiritual health after you accomplish. That's just the beginning. And by the way, if you're not going to stay with that church for a while, please don't do that. That's true with even doing the rekindle. Uh, Some of our coaches have said we went through this and then the pastor left. Well, you're just back to square one then. So us pastors need to take responsibility, don't we? Yeah, we absolutely do. And again, I'm speaking as a pastor. Churches merging is a big thing now. And I think this is an idea whose time has come. I borrowed that from an old advertising slogan, it is not about wine. (laughs) It was about something else. (laughs) Anyway, it is an idea whose time has come for us. And I just see all over the country, places I go, that boy, this would be a great advantage. In our situation, by the way, it was the talk of the community. Those churches are back together. Wow. Well, that's the way that ought to be, shouldn't it? And so um, that's what you, it's kind of talk you want, I think. And so I go down to the barbecue place. Oh, you're a pastor. Yeah, I've heard about that. Yes, sir. Come see us. Here's, a, here's, a, here's an invitation. Come to see us. Uh, Oh, you're so-and-so. Yeah, aren't you that? Yeah, I'm I'm that preacher. Uh, So uh, that's what I want to hear. Churches merging. Uh, I think this is huge right here. A couple of our churches are doing this. More healthy churches partnering with needy churches. Uh, This is just, this may be the most basic of all right here and probably the most effective of all. If a healthy church with staff and time and materials and so forth, can give to that to take a church under their wing and get them back on their feet. Boy, that is what we exactly... By the way, if we had been doing that, we would not be where we are. We should have been doing this all along. And so getting back to doing this is a huge factor. This is becoming a part of the discussion we're having about it. And I am saying to folks... Is there, I get this call ready, is there a healthy church in the area? Or is your church able to work with? And I am happy to call. I got a a reference last night. Would you call this guy about, I'll be happy to do that. And, uh, you know, just say, I want to pray for you, encourage you about this, and if I can help. And by the way, partnering is not the same as Directing. I just want to share. I just want to share what I know and how the Lord blessed. I'm not going to tell you what you ought to do. I'm just going to partner with you and say, here's what I think. And the multitude of counselors there is wisdom. Number nine, revitalization has several scenarios. Uh, Restarts. Uh, Some churches just need to shut down for a little while, clear the air, figure it out restart it's a great thing merging as i mentioned local associations here's a great structure a local association like the one i'm in it would be easy enough for us to sponsor a local association rekindle process and meet together for a period of months and these churches come together with representatives teams from each one And one coach can coach four or five churches at one time like that. It challenges you a little bit, but an association partnering. Now, let me also go back to this. This is the state of Tennessee and our sponsoring of a refresh conference. I think this is our third year to do this, trying to get traction about it. Again, this is a part of the need. We need to just talk about this more and more and more. But the point is, here's what a state association, and in our state association, I'm on the Home Mission Board, and we have adopted revitalization as part of our mission. And I am I'm really encouraging us to do that. Uh, number 10, hey, I'm doing good on time. The theme of church revitalization needs to become a regular focus. You say, you've said that three or four times. What's that I learned in teaching? Repetition is the mother of all learning. And so, yeah, I've intentionally (laughs) said that three or four times with all of this.